Hey, I'm Johanna Wagstaff. And hi there, I'm Rohit Joseph. And we're asking for 10 minutes of your day to go through the 10 things that the UN recommends we can all do when it comes to climate change. Please don't leave. No. And also the things (laughs) aren't new. We are just wired to not do them. We promise you to help you figure out your brains and you and your people can make better choices to combat climate change. 10 Minutes to Save the Planet is available now on CBC Listen and everywhere you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Howdy, neighbor. How you doing? Good, how you doing? Good. So, uh, what I'm over here to talk to you about is something I'm not proud of. <laughs> something I take no real joy in. I'm literally just one kind of sort of adult standing in front of another, what seems to be a real adult, <laughs> asking him to teach me how to barbecue. Sure, I can do that. <laughs> Welcome to Now or Never, the show that celebrates what it takes to try and reminds you that you are not alone when you do. I am Ifi Chiwetelu. And I am Trevor Deneen, sadly hanging my head in shame at the moment. (laughs) (laughs) Because there's something that I've been needing to do for such a very long time now, Ifi, and that is learn how to grill with confidence, like a real grown-up does. Or at least like my neighbor across the street does. I'm 44, and I just don't feel like I'm an adult yet because I haven't been able to master this one thing that I feel like, as an adult, I should know how to do. Yeah, I've done it since I was a kid, so... Have you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, oh, we not- grew up on a farm, so you do it on the fires, right? Oh, okay, so you know, what you're, you know what you're talking about. Oh, yeah. We just did, uh, two weeks ago, we just did 60 lobster tails on charcoal fire, like a charcoal fire, so... Okay, well, now you're just bragging. <laughs> Look at this. I marinated this mm, stuff. plate too. Holy cow. I wasn't messing around Look here. at that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's good. And these ones, you just get the juice to drip off and then just smack it on and let it go. Always check it just to make sure. And then, see, you get the grill lines going. But we're on really low right now, so. So how do you know when this chicken's done? When the chicken's done, you'll know. Don't say that. You, you sound like my mom. And I'm like, when will I know I'm going to ready to get married? She's like, you'll know. Yeah, I'm like, I know. it's a feeling you get. Right? Um, so I'm just going to stand next to you and hope that feeling rubs yeah, off on exactly. me. It's just, it's one of those hard things to explain. You'll kind of just, you'll see the color turn. And then, you know, usually when it's, they're puffed up a little bit, they'll puff up a little bit. And then that's pretty much it. When did you start feeling like an adult? Oh, geez. Well, I'll be 42 at the end of this year, so I think once I turn 40, I'm like, I don't know if I can be a kid anymore. I still don't feel like an adult, though. Mm. No. I don't either. I always yeah, feel no, like no. I look like an adult because I'm, I'm starting to go gray, and but I feel like inside I'm like that Billy Madison, Adam Sandler <laughs> character that just doesn't it's know much thing. of anything. That's not a bad thing, though. That's not, as long as you have fun, that's good. Let me recap. You put them on, low heat, medium heat, four to 500, you got them going, yep. then you move them over to the one side, low heat, you heat it up the other side to make it like an oven. Yep. You put some of the old chicken juice on, and then <laughs> we go ahead and let them cook a little bit longer. Yep. And now you're turning up the heat at the turning end, the just to get a little grill end. marks on yep. them. You got it, just like that. See, you're a master now. Look at this. <laughs> I feel like I took like one small step into See, adulthood today. Just like a baby, baby step. steps, that's all it is. Yeah. That's all it is. You're still young, so yeah. you'll get there. <laughs> you how to drive next.
makes me laugh even more knowing that he is younger than you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm glad you enjoy that. It is funny, though, because that was one of the juiciest pieces of chicken that I've ever had. Like an absolute game changer in my barbecuing world. But it also, it's embarrassing, Ify, to be middle-aged like I am and not feel like a grown-up yet in so many different ways. What is the marker of, of being an adult? Is it is it moving out, graduating, getting married, having kids? Well, as someone who is fully grown, who has not done three of the four things you just listed, I think adulthood can look so many different kinds of ways. So it begs the question though, are we even adults? What does it mean to be an adult? This is Now or Never. Time to put your grown-up pants on. I can't find mine, Ify. I'm looking. I can't find them. I can't. They're missing. They're uh, right beside all your action figures. <laughs> <laughs> right where you left them. Hi, Mom. Hi, Boo. How was your day? Um, it was definitely overwhelming. I've gone to school for three days now. And the first day I was so nervous. I was literally vibrating. I tripped going up the stairs, like fell over going upstairs. It was so embarrassing in a crowd full of people trying to get to class. So there's been minor improvements. I'm sure it'll get better from here. (laughs) Oh, it for sure will get better. It for sure will get better. That's Lana Charniello and her daughter, Jasmine. Jasmine is in her first week at university in Kelowna, and while Lana is excited to see her daughter take her first tentative steps into adulthood, she's having a bit of a rough time as well. Both of her children moved out in the same week, which has been a challenge. Even though Lana knows better than most what it takes to let a cub leave the den. I'm an independent research scientist, so my research specializes in working with bears, particularly grizzly bears. We take orphaned grizzly bear cubs of the year, so that means little cubs that have not yet reached their first birthday. They get taken into a facility in Smithers, and then a year later, when they're yearlings, I take them back to where they were orphaned, and I release them and I track their survival to see if they survive or not and how they do without a mother protecting them in those last few years of their life. We're, Dan and I are trying to get over the, the emptiness and how quiet the house is and also how clean the house is. And <laughs> so it's just the, the empty space of um, not being able to go up and just sit down and face to face discuss their day. Just having someone there, you know? It's the feeling of getting used to the feeling a bit more of loneliness, I think. My daughter Jasmine is amazing. She's a fabulous human being. She's very kind, very caring. Our relationship is extremely close. So I have been a rider all my life, a competitive horseback rider. And so Jasmine picked that up from a young age, getting her first little pony at four years old. So all growing up, um, Jasmine and I would take our horses for the summer. We have a camper and a two-horse trailer. And when I'm not in the field, (laughs) we are following the show jumping circuit. And it's really, really a fun activity. Jasmine and I got ready for her trip to university. We drove. It was a... A real fun girls trip time, had the music on, 
And um, we even cried as we entered Kelowna and saw the lake and just sort of knew that this, this new chapter in her life was beginning. The biggest fear um, of my kids being on, on their own is something happening to them and not being there to protect them. That is honestly my greatest fear. I just feel like I'm not there to protect her like I want to. I mean, and of course I can't be, and you hope that fear never materializes, but um, that, that is my greatest fear. Yep. I am still a bit in the shock stage and I'm still a bit in the disbelief stage. Um, I haven't fully, I, I really honestly feel like I haven't fully accepted that they aren't here. It's just like, oh, they're just gone for the week. <laughs> you know, it's like summer camp or she's off camping with her friends or something. And um, I'm hoping that actually I settle into that mode of where I realize that she will be back. She will be back. And I don't need to have this these fears and, and that everything will work out and she will be happy. I, I go between crying and then being happy for them. Have you met anybody in your dorm? Yeah, my floor is really nice. Like people are really friendly and nice and welcoming and everyone wants to make friends, but it's hard at first, especially when you don't know and like you don't have a net of people to fall back on. It's hard to get yourself out there when it's like just yourself, you know? But it's also really sad to eat lunch alone or dinner alone. Um, I just miss home. I miss my horse, oh my gosh. But I think I'll, you know, it's kind of what's got to happen. But I have to move out at some point, so here we go. Yeah, that's right. You got to fly from the nest, little birdie. But no, you're going to enjoy it. It's going to be fun. It's just a little bit of a time of transition. That's all. And transition's always hard. But you'll make new friends. You will. Yeah. I trust you. I mean, you said that when you first got to university, you were nervous and scared and you cried too. So it's normal. It's just nice to hear that it's normal to feel this way. You know, everyone says you're going to love it and it's so exciting and this and that and don't be nervous. And it's nice to hear that, you know, you do cry. And like, I talk to a lot of people and I'm like, yeah, I, I bawled my eyes out when my parents left and it's like, okay, good. Me too. You know, like one of the biggest things too, is kind of realizing that even though I'm going to like come home, it will never be how it's been the past 18 years, you know? And this is like, I'm growing up. And that's so hard to like understand. Does that make sense? Yeah, well, it makes sense to me because it's the only time I, way I really see time move, <laughs> right? So if you ask me, I mean, I still think I'm in my 20s, but <laughs> <laughs> clearly I'm not, right? This is your time. and yeah. uh, But you don't see it till you, you, you see your kids grow. It's like you don't feel it, and then it's like, wow, you know, I'll always reminding your dad when he would just say, oh, I just want to walk to the mailbox with her. I just want to be able to, for her to walk to the mailbox with me as he had you on his shoulders when you were little. And I said, before you know it, she'll be out of the house, so don't say that. And now I remind him of that. I honestly can't even believe I'm here right now. It doesn't even feel real. It's like the moment you've been looking forward to or waiting for, anticipating your whole life and then it suddenly just happens just like that i swear i feel like i'm not old enough to be here and i feel <laughs> like i'm too old <laughs> i'm also realizing all the stuff you have to pay for <laughs> yay <laughs>
like, you know, I don't just use your printer anymore. <laughs> I actually have to pay to get stuff printed and pay for this and pay for that. And it's like, holy crap, I got to pay for it all. Oh, I love it. That's funny yeah. that you're already thinking about that. Well, totally. I'm like, how many granola bars do I have? How many days <laughs> do I have to go restock? <laughs> just stuff I never thought about before. Because like, you know, you just went shopping. <laughs> Makes you very grateful. Yeah, very grateful for you guys. Yeah. It was all worth it. <laughs> I'm proud of you, baby girl. Thanks, mom. One of the best feelings I felt in my research to date is putting those orphan cubs back into the wild, letting them go. It's such a, a feeling to watch them leave the trap. And to everyone, I say to them, you know, we've done our part now. It's up to you to choose wisely. That's my wish for them is that they choose wisely and that they survive, especially without their mother to keep protection of them. And so Jasmine and Owen know they always have a safety net. They always have somewhere to come back to. They have someone to, to fall back on. But life's about making choices and the decisions we make. And so I hope that they, they also choose wisely and survive, <laughs> survive this crazy world. There, my, my eyes are a bit teary-eyed. You know what's going through my brain right now? Don't don't let them leave. Whether it's your kids, it's your bear cubs, keep them at home always and forever. Cling to them. That's all I keep thinking of myself through that entire segment. Oh, you got to let them fly. They got to step into their own adulthood. I know. One day. One day. One day. I'm Trevor Deneen. And I'm Ifichiwetelu, and today on Now or Never, we are trying to figure out adulthood because really someone should, you know? <laughs> I've decided <laughs> that adulthood to me is about having choice, whether that's choosing to eat ice cream for breakfast or heading into work. Hi, ladies. <laughs> so um, would anybody like dessert? Dessert. I would love, but you don't have what I We love. don't have the bubka. Yeah. No. Oh. Here at Danny Cafe, a kosher restaurant in Thornhill, Ontario, things are moving fast and 55-year-old Deborah is moving even faster. Okay, so we will walk slash run back into the cafe. To get coffee. To get coffee. I almost forgot. <laughs> you know what? There are times where I forget what they want and then I will look at them and go, oh yes, that's right, I'm so sorry, I forgot to bring whatever it is. And so they're like, no problem. The people that come to Danny, they know that I'm a participant in the supported employment program, so they know that I work as best as I can and you know I'll give it my 1,000%, but there are times I might be a bit off or, a little overwhelmed and so the customers are very understanding. Danny stands for Developing and Nurturing Independence. It's an organization dedicated to supporting adults with disabilities achieve the life they want. Everybody at Danny, they see me as Deborah. They don't see me as the person with a serious mental health illness. 
They see me as being able to do things. I am now running the entire cafe on my own from setup to closure, and I never knew I could do that. I'm making food in the kitchen. I never knew I was able to do that. It's amazing. It really is. Yeah. I'm not worried that this coffee is getting cold. But it's okay. It's just Rudy. It's just Rudy. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. For Deborah, a big part of living her adulthood independently is doing something she didn't think possible, working a job she loves. On October 27, 2023, will be my ninth year anniversary working at Danny. Congratulations. Thank you. It is like a huge, huge accomplishment. I don't know. It seems surreal that I can do this and that I am doing this it's just surreal I'm, I'm very hard on myself yeah. so it's it's strange that it's like yeah I can do it and I can do it well but I'm not used to saying that yeah. what are what are you used to saying or or maybe been hearing from people about what you're capable of I had organizations tell me I would never get a job I had um, people tell me that I had to make a choice, either you choose work or you choose therapy, you're not gonna be able to do both. I had people tell me that the best job I'm going to get would be standing at a supermarket in front of the table offering people like samples, that I'd never get anything higher than that. Mm. And the irony is I have uh, a a strong education. I have my Bachelor of Arts, I have my Bachelor of Education, and then many years later I went back to college and I fast-pasted where I got my ECE equivalency. It's, it's interesting to hear you say that and then at the same time say people told you employment wasn't really a possibility for you. Yes, because unfortunately my own personal experience is that society hasn't reached that point yet. A mental health illness is considered an invisible disability. You can't see it unless that person is exhibiting symptoms. And we've been naturally programmed and trained not by uh, professionals, but our own selves to hold in those symptoms and not show it in society. And so when people look at us, they don't know what we're dealing with. They don't understand how much we're suffering. They are afraid to hire us. They're afraid that we might be violent. They are afraid that we might show symptoms that are not violent, but they just don't know how to handle it. They just don't have the knowledge and the understanding of a mental health illness. When did you first become aware or, or maybe even receive your diagnoses of the different mental illnesses that you have? So um, when I was 25, I was studying abroad and I had a very difficult time. I was overseas and I saw someone and I was diagnosed at that point as having depression, anxiety, and OCD. It wasn't until those many years later when I went back to obtain my ECE your early childhood education. Yes, that it uh, came about through my behaviors that, oh, I have BPD, borderline personality disorder. 
I was in my 40s at that point. I never expected it. I knew what depression was. I knew what anxiety meant. I knew what OCD meant. Never heard of borderline personality disorder. Unfortunately, if you are having a bad day with your BPD symptoms, that is going to affect the depression, anxiety, and OCD. That what does a bad day look like for you? Oh, gosh, a bad day is struggling to get out of bed. A bad day is I don't know who I am. A bad day would be saying to my employer, I just can't get out of my apartment. But to turn it around into the positive, it would be where my employer will say to me, it's okay to have a bad day. Come. Come in. Do what you can. Your onset of, of um, mental illness and being diagnosed all happened in adulthood for you. How, like as you were seeing those symptoms come on and you were receiving those diagnoses, how did it change what you began to dream of or think of about what, what adulthood would look like for you? Wow, that's an excellent question. I always had the dream of, you know, when you're a little girl, you would get married, have children. As painful as it is, it's probably best not to, just because people with BPD, and I'm not saying everyone can um, not get married, but it's very hard to be in a relationship. So it's, you know, life changed. I had to realize, okay, I'm not able to get married. I'm not able to have children. But I'm able to do lots of other things that I never knew. I want to ask you, because you said that um, so many uh, that you often hear from people, especially parents uh, who have children with BPD will tell you like, okay, you're an inspiration or you give hope for what their child might be able to grow up to. And I wonder, do you feel like you've arrived or is there still some, some things that you want to, um, that you want to chase in terms of how you think about your adulthood? Oh, there's so much more that I want to do. Um, I would like to have a place of my own. I live with my parents Um, And I'm very fortunate that I have parents that I can live with. But my major concern is that they are seniors. And my biggest concern at this point is where am I going to live? You know, what's going to happen to me in the future? My goal would be to be able to have the financial means to move out into a safe environment and I honestly I don't know Uh, you know there's there's only so much I can do on my end but I I don't know I I really don't know can we dream for a bit sure when you when you think about that place when you dream about the place and, and and what it would look like for you to be living on your own what do you picture well New furniture. (laughs) Yeah, I love the smile on your face. You kicking your feet up on that new furniture? Oh, yes. Here comes Ikea. (laughs) I will go to Ikea, pick out the new furniture, have someone put it together for me, (laughs) you know, and have my own TV. 
just be able to go home and do whatever I want and answer to myself. That's the dream. It is. Independence. Independence. Or independently secure, I would say. This way you're independent, but yet you're secure and safe. Yeah. I want that for you. Oh, thank you. I hope I didn't tire you out too much at the end of the day. Not at all, not at all. Is it is it too late to order a sandwich? I'll have to ask the chef. I'm just kidding. I'm okay. You're off the clock. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. I'm Johanna Wagstaff. And hi there, I'm Rohith Joseph. And we're asking for 10 minutes of your day to go through the 10 things that the UN recommends we can all do when it comes to climate change. Please don't leave. No. And also the things (laughs) aren't new. We are just wired to not do them. We promise you to help you figure out your brains and you and your people can make better choices to combat climate change. 10 Minutes to Save the Planet is available now on CBC Listen and everywhere you get your podcasts. This is Now or Never. I'm Trevor Deneen. And I am Ifi Chiwetelu. And today we're discovering what adulthood really even means. And Trevor, this should be no surprise to you. I looked up the definition. Oh, excellent. I love a good Webster definition. That's the kind of person I am. The state and condition of being fully grown or mature, which doesn't mean much to me. That's kind of hard to pinpoint. Trevor, when do you feel your most adult? There's very few moments in my life where I actually feel like, oh, yes, I am an adult. But if I had to pinpoint one, I would probably say when I go to like a parent-teacher interview, because I feel like I have to act more mature so they're not like, uh, why does this guy have children? Like it just like it, that goes through my brain. So I think I'm putting it on a little bit more. How about you? Probably when I'm doing stuff that maybe doesn't seem Uh, quote unquote mature like when I I just spend the whole night just playing really silly games I'm like yeah because I'm choosing this is who I am and I'm grown I can do what I want but I'm sure if we asked people of all sorts of ages everyone would have their own moments of feeling like an adult well then let's let's do that I'll start with my kids hi I'm Jack and I'm seven years old Hi, I'm Thea, and I'm five. So, you guys, when do you feel like an adult? Mostly when I do crazy stunts, and my dad tells me not to, but I do them, and it's fun. Why do you feel like an adult when you're doing crazy stunts? Because I've seen lots of videos of people doing crazy things. Are they usually, are they older? Yes. Nate, describe some of your crazy stunts, like what? Jumping off the top of the play structure. Yeah, that's crazy. That's, you, you, you're too young for that. Thea, how about you? When do you feel like a grown-up? When I do chores. When you do chores? Good answer. So why do you feel like a grown-up when you do chores? Because grown-ups do stuff like what kids do chores. So what type of stuff do you do for your chores? Make my bed. Um, you clean the dishes. And also... 
So, but you know, when you get older, you have to do all the chores. You have to vacuum. No. You've got to no. shovel. No. You've got to no. do dishes. No. You've got to do laundry. No. You've got to do all the stuff. Dad and mom would do that. <laughs> Hello, my name is Ahmed. I'm 17 years old. I used to think that I was an adult since I was like probably, I don't know, 13 years old. And the reason was because I felt, you know, I'm super mature for my age. That must mean that I'm an adult. I'm basically an adult, right? But no, being an adult, I think, is having someone being dependent on you. That could be anyone. That could be yourself. You could depend on yourself to get toilet paper, for food, for rent. But it's also about having people that need you, your friends, your family. It doesn't matter. It's having people who need you in their lives to help them emotionally, to help them with, with life things, with struggles. As long as people are dependent on you, to me, you're an adult. Hi, my name's Taylor. I'm 34 and I'm a middle school teacher. Yeah, I question whether I'm an adult all the time. I often think about how adults spend their money. I feel like I'm not necessarily spending my money the way adults would. Um, I'm going to like One Direction artist concerts and spending all my money on their merch and their clothes and magazines and paraphernalia and I think it's silly but I think it brings me a lot of joy. I think I know I'm an adult in the same way almost. So I know I'm an adult because I'm actually able to spend my adult money on the things I enjoy. I am choosing my passions, my joys, like my like what serves my mental health, not doing things because other people expect me to do them anymore. When I went to New York City to go see Harry Styles. I had a ticket to see him at one concert. He was doing a residency there and I decided to purchase a ticket every single night that he was there, that I was there. That was a big step for me as an adult. I was like, no, being an adult means you're choosing to do things you actually want to be doing with your life. My name is Kurt Young. I'm 46 years old. Uh, I'm from the Deadly Uncle Podcast. Well, my name is Trent Ejikude. I'm from the Deadly Uncle Podcast. I'm 48 years old, so I guess I'm a little bit older than Kurt. (laughs) And I feel most like an adult when on the days where I don't want to go to work, I go anyways. You know, like back when I was in my 20s, I could always find an excuse not to go to work. But nowadays, I feel like it's, you know, I took the responsibility of this job. I got to be here and I got to get it done. You know, that's the grown-up thing to do, I guess. I I, I guess, like, when I feel like a grown-up the most is uh, uh, growing in life and and seeing my father passing away in the last two years and uh, getting to know what life is, you know, and, and it kind of brings it all into perspective and I'm not trying to bring it to a, a low note but uh, yeah that's kind of what uh, you know when, when you when you really realize what life is and and kind of grow up yeah oh I wonder if I can remember but I'll tell you my name Joy Saunders I will be 105 I was born in 1918. I think I felt like a grown-up at about 14. I had such a happy life in Winnipeg, and we moved to Toronto 
And I felt like a grown-up because I was suddenly thrown into a society that I knew nothing about. My relations were all around Toronto, and they all said that I had to be a debutante of the season. And I didn't even know what a debutante was. And I suddenly felt I was in a different world. And I guess I felt grown up. I didn't like it. I wanted to go back to Winnipeg where life was normal. However, I got through it. This is Now or Never. I'm Trevor Deneen. And I am Ipichiwetelu. And today, we are not worried about what age you're considered an adult. We're trying to figure out when exactly do you start to feel like one. Yeah, it's a big moment. And for a lot of people, it comes when you get a driver's license. Because that's a big first step, I think. And I remember wanting to have one so badly when I was younger. My birthday is in December. So I watched every one of my friends get a driver's license before me. And all I saw was them enjoying the independence and this freedom that came with being able to jump in the car and take their friends wherever they wanted to go. Omni Khan, on the other hand, feels a completely different way about getting behind the wheel. Okay, um, I've already turned on the car. Uh, actually, I'm going to adjust it so that it fits my body, which is shorter than my husband. Um, I got my foot on the brake. Omni is behind the wheel of the car that she shares with her husband Brian, and she's feeling very nervous because even though she got her license six years ago, Omni doesn't drive. She's terrified too. Now she's spent all of these years on the passenger side of the car because when Omni is sitting in the driver's seat, she's pretty sure there's been a big mistake and this isn't where I'm supposed to be sitting. (laughs) Um, Yeah, scared and worried that I won't see something. It's it's like, check this spot, check that spot, check your mirrors. No, check that spot again because something might have happened. And so there's like anxiety around that. But so when you get in the passenger side though, none of that's there, you're fine. Feeling good, feeling great. (laughs) (laughs) I have total trust in whoever is driving, including like you know, a teen nephew or niece who just got their driver's license. I'm like, yeah, whatever. With this fear then, how have you been managing so far getting around without driving? You know, in Ottawa right now, they have like a pretty good bus system. Then there are taxis and Ubers. And then there are, <laughs> then there are husbands who drive you um, when those don't work. But then there are just times when it really, really is annoying, frustrating and Kind of, kind of shameful. I mean, it's true. I, I feel like by trying to talk about this, I'm trying to engage with the shame I feel around it. Why do you say shameful? Why? It just seems like something I should be able to get over. It's like I went through the whole thing and managed miraculously to get the license, but still, like, I never want to be alone in the car. I think that's what fascinates me the most is that like, you went and you got the test and you passed the test and you did well and you have your license and you can drive. Why do you think then that you have this thing that won't allow you to drive? So I do think that there's, um, 
I have a sense of myself as being uh, like a child. Like I have this like thing, like I'm, when I'm, when I'm holding the wheel, like I feel like I'm playing grown up, like I'm not actually a grown up. And so I think that there's a little bit of a grown up imposter syndrome. I mean, even when I'm not doing something scary, sometimes I'm like, look at me being a grown up. Like if I'm traveling by myself, I'll be like, I'm doing it. I'm going from this gate to that gate, like an adult would. And you know, I never grew out of that, even though I'm like very middle-aged now. <laughs> it's so amazing. Even when you talk about it, you're holding your face in your hands, almost like you're like, you're like oh, I can't even believe I'm saying these words out loud. It does seem ridiculous on some level, but yeah, I am. Um, I'm hoping that I'll, I'll be able to actually do it at some point. You mentioned your husband now, Brian, a couple times, who has been the kind chauffeur throughout this entire experience. What does he have to say about all this? Like, can we ask him a couple questions? Yes. Do you want me to grab him now? Oh, my gosh. Bring Brian in. Okay. <laughs> Hello there. Hi. So so you're the wheel man. You're... I'm the wheel man, the chauffeur, the well, yeah, whatever you want to call me. That's me. Servant. <laughs> <laughs> servant? <laughs> yeah. Dutiful servant. What's what's it like being all those roles over all these years? Yeah, I mean, it's generally a role I'm happy to play. You know, obviously sometimes there are times when Omni's made plans, but it doesn't match up with what I had in mind for what I wanted to do at that exact moment. And we work our way through it, you know, when that happens. But yeah, it's it's uh um it's good. <laughs> it's good. It's hard. <laughs> it's, it's actually it's hard. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, there have been sometimes, I guess, when uh, uh, we reach a point where uh, conflict is maybe too strong a word, but where there isn't an easy pathway forward. But, uh, you know, so far, we've always managed to work it out. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah we're still here. <laughs> still here. Still Hanging taken. on. I, I just love how your voice went up an octave when you were like, it's good. It's good, it's right? Good. <laughs> yeah. what, uh, what would it mean to you? to see Omni become a, a more confident driver and be able to get out in the car and, and drive on her own? Uh, well, I mean, I think it would be a good thing just for, for like self-confidence and independence and all those kinds of things. Like from a personal, like self-interest point of view, you know, sometimes I think to myself as, as I like drop Omni off at the airport or pick her up when she's gotten back, sometimes I think to myself, oh, it must be nice to be dropped <laughs> off at the airport. It must be nice this. to have someone waiting for you when you get back. So that thought has crossed my mind from time to time <laughs> as well. I mean, she's a very good driver. She's like very diligent, conscientious anxious, very safety conscious. You know, last time we got in the car not too long ago for Omni to start uh, re-familiarizing herself with it, you forgot which was the turn signal and which was the windshield wipers. So there's a little bit of, of education we would have to do to get it you back up to speed. Classic <laughs> yeah. mistake. Classic yeah. mistake. I'm just curious, what, what practical things are you currently doing right now to make you feel more comfortable behind the wheel, like moving forward? Well, so I have a big plan. It's lots of plans have been happening in my brain. <laughs> Less of the actual stuff. But the idea is to go extremely small. So pull it out of the driveway. That's all you have to do. And so, and then once that feels like really good, then just do the next. I just kind of think I need to go tiny and then hopefully get my little roots. This is exciting though. Yes, this is, feels like now I have like a team and I have like people who are 
who think I can do this and who want me to, like, I don't know. I, and I feel like accountable to you now. And I'm, mm. I'm good if I'm accountable to people. Like that's a, mm. that's a really good motivator. So yeah, I, I am, I'm really happy that, um, that we're doing this show. Yeah, and it's not just accountable to me. It's accountable to all of Canada. So no pressure. <laughs> yeah. The nation is behind me. <laughs> and the light's on. So let me just take off the parking brake. Now we're still on park. And I'm just going to practice driving forward a little bit. So I'm going to put it on drive. And I'm just going to ease off the brake and give it a little touch to go forward and there's no one in front of me or behind me a little touch and i'll stop right there and i'm going to put it on park put the brake on and turn off the car and there it is i've driven for a second basically but it felt good that's it. You can actually see Omni behind the wheel of the car. That's over on our CBC Now or Never Facebook and Instagram pages. Also, she wrote an article all about what it takes to overcome the biggest fear in her life. That's at cbc.ca slash now or never. You know, Evie, they say with age comes wisdom along with, you know, growth and maturity. But growing up also allows us to show off talents or skills that we've been honing for years. Okay, should I like sing into my intro? Should I sing us in? Oh! Hi, I'm Kyle Briscoe, and I'm coming to you live from the Shuley School of Music here at McGill in one of our practice rooms. Um, I am an interdisciplinary opera and pop artist, uh, originally based in Winnipeg, Manitoba, and uh, I'm here living in Montreal to make my dreams come true. Kyle's just 22, with the voice of someone beyond his years, which in some ways makes sense, because for such a young adult, Kyle has experienced a lot that nobody ever should. I mean, to be fully honest with you, girl, I've been through a lot in my life for someone my age. Um, I'm a survivor of violence. I had to learn from a young age that pain uh, is, is caused by someone, and that's their fault. But it's my responsibility to heal from that and make the most of it. And I think my music is is an outlet to strike that. Do you feel that everything you had to go through, it caused you to grow up faster than most? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. How I describe a situation is... It's like I was living in a horror movie that I couldn't turn off for 17 years, right? So you're in that fight or flight mode. And once I escaped, there was this relief and I finally got to be alive, you know? So imagine like living 17 years worth of life in four. That's what I've done. Yeah, I, I feel like I have this sense of groundedness and maturity. Um, you know, I, I've also had other things in life that have, that have contributed to that. Um, so I'm, I'm super gay, 
you know, that in and of itself is something that has uh, contributed to that as well, you know, because you have to know who you are because everyone's telling you who you are until you come out, I suppose. That's how I felt in my experience. What did music, what did music specifically give you in those difficult moments, like through those 17 years when you were, when you were dealing with all of this? What was music for you? It was my outlet. How does it feel, though, inside? Like when, when, when you're singing opera, what, what inside of you, what is, what is happening? It's like your whole body is involved. And um, it, it uh, lights up my whole body because every ounce and every cell in my body is performing. Looking back, what would you, what, what a piece of advice, or what would you say to, to young Kyle from like many, many, many moons ago with what you've learned now through, through the music and through the hardships and through the joys that you've experienced through this, this, this short life that you've had so far? Oh my gosh. You know, we all think about that question, don't we? And I haven't thought about it in such a while because I almost feel like I don't know that person anymore. Um, and that makes me sad. Like, I really want to get to know that part of myself again. Um, but, you know, when you've gone through things that are as difficult as, as I have gone through, um, it's, it's, it, you, you carry a lot of shame about who you are. And um, I think that I've worked very hard to feel good about myself now and how I've been in the last few years. So I suppose with that feeling that I have now, I would just tell myself, like, you have no idea what's ahead of you. You have no idea you're going to get out of this. You're going to escape. So just spend more time loving who you are now because your older self will thank you. You have everything you need to succeed. I, I I actually think if I were to transport literally to talk to my younger self, I would probably pass out uh, at the thought of all the things that I've accomplished because I can't even express enough in in enough words how shocking and surprised I am that I've accomplished everything that I did. Like I, I thought I was going to die so many days of my life as a young person. That's so sad, but it was my truth and my reality. And the fact that I'm alive and I'm thriving and I'm, I'm able to wake up every day and have an impact on people, that is the greatest gift that I think I could ever have asked for. Life won't hold you down. Life won't skip a sound if you pick up the pieces. When you have a gift, you've got to share it. Whether that's on stage singing opera or in Kyle's case, starting to unleash his inner pop star. So if you flip the switch now and you go from opera over to the pop world, and now you're diving into that, like what does pop music give you that's different from opera? I'm writing the words, so I'm telling the story. And there's something so empowering um, because I know everything that goes behind the words. It's, it's fully 100% me, like a diary for me or a journal. 
Sitting round the cypress tree Skipping rocks and humming the sea Oh, I feel this is the place to be Jumping up and down on the bed Drinking slurpees till we're blue in the can see pictures and videos from many of our very grown-up guests this week on our Now and Ever Facebook and Instagram. Yeah, and a big thank you to the adults that help put the show together every single week. Our team of producers, <laughs> Andrew Friesen, Bridget Forbes, Betsy Trumpner, and Katie Swales. And shout out to that one child we employ. <laughs> that one's under the table. <laughs> And if you're looking for some inspiration for what to do to feel your most adult, some of our guests have thoughts for you. What's a grown-up thing that you want to do that you haven't been able to do, but you're looking forward to be able to do when you're a grown-up? I know I get married. Did you say married? Yeah. So you're thinking already about when you're an adult and you want to get married? Yeah. No, you're a kid. Don't, let's not talk about marriage. But you said I get married. One day, but I don't want... Every day I'm going to marry. Every day you're going to marry? An adult thing that I want to do is tell someone, don't talk to me until I've had my morning coffee. That's what I want to say. If I, once, yeah. once I say it, like, unironically, I'm an adult. Like, that's, that, that'll be, like, the moment, the defining moment. I think at my age, I've done about everything. The one thing I haven't done... Oh, dear... I haven't had an affair. Nobody will believe me. Did you ever want to have an affair? Yes, of course I did. Who doesn't? But I just never did it. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.